Are you an athlete tired of annoying injuries holding you back from peak performance? Then this podcast is for you. Here we share our expert opinion on hot topics of physical therapy, injury prevention, sports performance, and sometimes other random thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Ells. Welcome to the Charlotte Athlete Podcast. Welcome back to the Charlotte Athlete Podcast. This is your host, uh, Dr. Ells, and uh, we got our guest, Dr. Andrew. Hey. Happy to be here. Hey. We are, we are talking about the shoulder today. Which well, I is guess like it a, is a St. Patrick's or yeah, St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Is that where once, the A came from? Yeah, I guess so. It, it just popped out of me. I didn't know I had that kind of descent. I think I was more Scottish, but apparently I am more Irish. Anywho, uh, this was obviously not when this podcast was going to come out. We had to do a lot of back end work, but anyway. Um, the shoulders are topic today, which is a very, very popular topic because it affects tons of athletes. Um, not only your, you know, baseball players, but you got your CrossFitters, your lifters. It is rampant. So we want to go over what shoulder pain is coming from, or at least the biggest main main reason for that. Um, explain the shoulder a little bit more too, and then how we fix it. Give you guys some tips and tricks in order to fix it, maybe a little bit at home as well. Um, before we get into all the shoulder. We're clearly talking about not getting hit by a falling brick in the shoulder or falling on it, but the reasons behind your shoulder becoming painful. Yeah, not acute events. Not, not acute events, events, yeah. Not skiing, falling on your shoulder, or no. jump out to get a rebound, and uh, you know your arm gets tangled up, and you, know, yeah. you dislocate. Yeah, not- actually, the interesting thing, though, is a lot of these things are usually the precursor to that. They actually put you in worse position for those things to be actually have a worse injury. Absolutely. Anyway, so I'm going to throw this over to Andrew, and he's going to go over the shoulder and why it's so fun and difficult. <laughs> yeah, no, so I love treating the shoulder. It's uh, I think it's a very misunderstood joint. So for that reason, uh, we got to get into a little bit of background to help you guys understand, you know, just why shoulder injuries, shoulder pain is so rampant. Um, like Dr. L said, it's the outside of low back pain. It's the number two thing that we see, number two pain, number two body region that we treat here. So very common. Um, but let's start with some background info um, on the shoulder. Um, the shoulder, when, I, when we're talking about the shoulder, we're essentially meaning um, four main joints, the glenohumeral joint, which is the ball and socket, the scapular thoracic joint, which is the shoulder blade uh, in, in its relationship to the thoracic spine, which is your upper back. And throughout this podcast, we're going to be uh, mentioning the shoulder blade quite a bit. Um, we're going to use the word scapula. So just that y'all know, shoulder blade is a scapula. It's just a, the correct terminology for it. So, uh, and then the other two joints, the AC joint, um, the acromioclavicular joint, um, the acromion is a, to just connect the dots for you, the acromion is a part of the shoulder blade. Clavicular is the clavicle, so that's at the top of your shoulder, and then what's called the SC joint, the sternoclavicular joint, which the sternum in the center of your chest connects to that clavicle. And I include those two joints because the entire shoulder is connected to the body through the clavicle, which is amazing. Um, and that just sheds light on how um, free-floating the shoulder blade is on the on the, the thoracic, on the rib cage, um, and how um, unstable the shoulder can be. And so... <clears throat> What is unique about the shoulder is it's it's a called a ball and socket joint, right? And and so is the hip, but it's very different than the hip, and very different than um, just about every other joint in the body. Um, the hip is a ball and socket joint, but it's you know connected into the ground. It's weight bearing. We're pressing weight through it. The shoulder is not. The shoulder is um, it's called an open chain joint, and just means that it's not weight bearing. Its um, its main role should not be to, to or is not to press into the ground, right? And so that's going to change a lot with regards to how the muscles work in the shoulder versus the hip. And so the shoulder, ball and socket joint, like I said, it 
the most important component with the shoulder is how well the muscles coordinate together, specifically the rotator cuff muscles with the surrounding muscles. And I'm sure you guys have heard about the rotator cuff. Um, Els, what is the rotator cuff? Rotator cuff is an interesting group of muscles. There's four main muscles uh, broken up into the teres minor, infraspinatus, uh, subscapularis, and supraspinatus. Um, one, their main job, if you think about the ball and socket, you think about the socket being the foundation, the ball being the appendage of your, your arm, if you will, their main job is to center the joint. So making sure when that ball spins in that socket that it's not spinning anywhere outside of where it should be. Um, so it, the, the, all those muscles work in conjunction to depress or make sure that the, the, sh- the humerus, if you will, uh, is not going anywhere it shouldn't, and then rotate um, through that motion. So yes, is the rotator cuff, and the important part is it does help and facilitate shoulder rotation, um, but it's doing so with a specific purpose of centering the joint. Because if it doesn't center, then you start to create compensation, or that, that ball wreaks havoc you know, in different positions, um, it can get after a bunch of, I mean, there's a, what, 18 muscles that connect to this shoulder blade. If you can name them all, I'll give you a treat. Um, we don't know what that treat is yet, but if you can name them all, that'd be amazing. Um, (laughs) it'd be very impressive. Uh, but also once that ball kind of gets out of the socket and starts, you know, traveling and doing its own thing, it can definitely cause pain, dysfunction, um, especially in the athlete. So that's why the rotator cuff is so darn important, but again, never works in isolation. Always works together as a team. Yeah, and that's a big reason why strengthening of the rotator cuff muscles alone is very inadequate. The shoulder, the, the muscles of the shoulder, not just the rotator cuff, but all the muscles to the shoulder blade and the shoulder and the glenohumeral joint, they need to be able to work together to produce movement. What's so key about the shoulder that differentiates from the hip is the muscles, or is, is the recruitment, the coordination, and the timing of those muscles to produce movement. If that is disrupted, it's gonna lead to uh, just poor poor shoulder uh, movement coordination and it's gonna lead to poor movement and it's gonna lead to pain. And you know, what we see, what is very common in terms of treatment of the of shoulder injuries is that isolatory, you know, external rotation or four-way, you know, banded cuff uh, uh, rotational exercises. It's just inadequate and a big reason why as well is because of where those shoulder blade muscles originate from, and that is the shoulder blade. All those muscles that, that Els mentioned, they all the rotator cuff muscles, they originate on the shoulder blade. And so we have to make sure that shoulder blade is moving the way it's designed to move, or if it doesn't, it's going to lead to inadequate rotator cuff activation and uh and stability and it's, the rotator cuff is not going to be able to do its job which is keeping that ball centered in the socket and so um it's just so important to to before we get into anything um rotator cuff strengthening wise to ensure that that shoulder blade is moving the way it needs to a stable scapular base is so important for maximal rotator cuff activation and function so um so treatment you know, it, it should, like I said, it should be delayed. It should, treatment of the rotator cuff muscle should be delayed until we restore that move. Yeah. And I mean, that's, this, we're talking about a bunch of different things that can happen to the shoulder because of like a poor scapular base. You want to list out all the things that, just like a couple of the, the teasers, if you will, of all the different injuries. If the shoulder blade is not moving well, it can lead to impingement, bursitis, rotator cuff, uh, tendonitis, tendinopathies, 
biceps tendon issues. Um, it could lead to AC joint dysfunction, uh, subscat bursitis, uh, even levator, upper trap, rhomboid strains. It could lead to cervical pain. It could also lead to the infamous thoracic outlet syndrome. Um, and so not only is that shoulder blade key for specific shoulder injuries, but it affects so many other areas of the body as well. Exactly. I mean, these things, you know, obviously we're talking about some general stuff, but with the shoulder blade, uh, the reason it can have so many different you know, outcomes in terms of pain is just because of what you do during the day. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit. You think about, let's just say an overhead athlete, let's take a baseball player. It's a very easy one. Um, the baseball player, yes, of course, pitching overhead, overhead motion, very violent throws. Um, but the thing is like the reason why these habits affect him is because he's not doing that all day. I mean, obviously one, he wouldn't be able to handle or tolerate that kind of, uh, motion all day, but also, you know, throughout the day he's likely sitting, the arms are probably resting by the sides and that does not facilitate the proper scapular motion. So that's where training comes into, in the, is that like you don't use it, you lose it? Yeah, exactly. It's very much you don't use it, you lose it. You lose it. We'll consider so like that really quickly. So you're not going overhead uh, much throughout the day at all. But yeah. then you do a sport like like pitching or, or uh, you know, volleyball, volleyball basketball, yeah. whatever the case is, that requires full overhead motion, and you never do it. Yeah. Then, well, you're not going to be able to do it. No, it's a very sudden test. And obviously the body, and we've talked about this before, athletes are the best compensators in the world. They are very task-oriented. They're like, I'm going to pitch this baseball, I'm going to spike this serve, whatever it ends up being. Probably can't, you can't spike a serve, right? So it has to be a... Sure. You can't spike no, a serve. you can't oh, spike, ah, it. You can't no, spike it. So you have to set it and then spike it. You can't do that, um, you know, the original part. But it's it's very task-oriented. So you're like, I'm going to complete this task. You're not thinking about what the shoulder's doing. You're just going to do it. And that's the issue. So you come throughout your whole day creating these habits of not being an overhead athlete, if you will, and then being suddenly tested as an overhead athlete. Your body has to make the exceptions to their rule, you know, and compensations will occur. And that's where injury and pain can uh, result. So that's that's a very important thing to think about between what you're doing during the day and obviously how you're sleeping. We've only mentioned that every single time. Yeah. Sleep is incredibly important. Before we get to sleep, though, and just we're talking a lot about athletes, not athletes as well. If you decide to paint the ceiling, then uh, and you got shoulder pain, well, it's, there you go. I mean, it's uh, it's not surprising. I mean, you don't ever do that task, and you ask anybody to do it for a long period of time. It's just not going to be ready and able. Um, and a lot of it does have to do with sleeping, the position that we sleep in. So if you're a thrower, if you're a weightlifter, if you're, you know, you know, you do strength training routines, you know, you CrossFit, um, you just, you're an overhead athlete, and you sleep on your shoulder, you're shooting yourself in the foot. It is insane to hear how many athletes from high school to professional level, Olympic level, you know, just don't realize how much sleep plays a role in shoulder health. And, you know, the position is, is terrible to sleep on your shoulder, it, whether your your arm is sticking straight out, it's overhead, or, or you're on your back with the arm overhead too. Um, these are, you know, you're putting your shoulder in this position for hopefully at least eight hours. And, you know, sleep's supposed to be recovery. Uh, it's supposed to be the time that you rebuild, but you're preventing that. And if you're sleeping on it, you're actually cutting off blood supply to your rotator cuff tendons. And so it's never gonna be able to heal or recover or, or strengthen or, or sorry, build strength. And so sleep is so important, um, especially the shoulder, nothing on your side, nothing on your back with arms overhead and nothing on your stomach. And so that leads you to one position, just like all body, uh, all body regions lead to get on your back, get on your back and yeah, stay on your back. <laughs> it will, it, you know, it will make such a big difference. It'll save you a lot of frustrating days, you know, and, and save you a lot of injuries if you can just get on your back. Exactly. So that honestly brings us to where we are, uh, what we do in the clinic and, uh, how we treat this kind of stuff, because we've mentioned how it happens, 
the some of the muscles involved. Um, so the first thing that we end up doing in here, we're a big manual therapist. Uh, we were fellowship trained in manual therapy. So that is our first portion uh, to make sure that our strengthening goes well because strength is incredibly important and it's 80 to let's say even 100% sometimes, you know, the, uh, the way to get out of these kind of things. Um, but manual therapy does help improve the speed of that. So if you're moving better um, after manual therapy, you can perform these exercises better. And that is the point. So we come in, or I'm sorry, you come in, <laughs> we're already here, uh, and we start working on your shoulder. We're looking at those big muscles. We're talking about the traps, the lats, the pec, um, all these big guys that are bullying all the small muscles that where they're like, you know, changing the, uh, the dynamics at the shoulder. Um, so we, we target those big ones. We make sure the scapula is moving correctly, essentially returning to normalized motion, uh, acceptable motion from the shoulder blade um, in order to facilitate everything down the chain. So once we get through there, then we're getting into some exercises. And exercises being very important, we already talked about non-isolated movements is very important with this. Um, we are not doing some rotator cuff, you know, external rotations for 20 minutes. Uh, we are making sure you can recruit the entire cuff and do it, well, use it how it's supposed to be used. Um, very functional movements and a lot of overhead stuff because, again, we've talked about it. as overhead athletes, you have to be able to recruit and maintain musculature above your head, you know, in order to support that shoulder. Um, and a lot of this stuff is going to be really challenging. And it's probably things you've never done before. <laughs> and it's probably things that are going to be, again, because of your, your position, if you're having shoulder pain, stuff that you're not going to be very familiar with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to kind of, you know, recap there, summarize a little bit, you know, our sessions here, obviously the most important thing that we need to address from a manual therapy standpoint is getting that shoulder blade to move the way it's supposed to. Um, And a lot of that's going to come, you know, with, with, you know, soft tissue work um, towards the muscles that are over dominant, that are preventing that shoulder blade from moving the way it needs to. And then, yeah, from a strengthening standpoint, you know, the, the, the number one most common muscle that we, we target is the serratus. Um, serratus anterior and its, and its relationship with the upper trap to produce healthy shoulder blade movement up and out around the rib cage. It's so key. Keeping things functional, not oscillatory. Uh, addressing the other you know, areas that we need to, uh, the body like the thoracic spine, the clavicle like we mentioned, maybe the cervical spine, maybe the, the uh, elbow, wrist, and hand, maybe low back. It just depends on the sport. But then most important, you know, we have manual therapy, we have exercise, but most important is, is simply the education piece. Because um, that's where, you know, that's where we feel a lot of practitioners fall short. You know, a lot of practitioner, practitioners will tell you that the root cause of your shoulder injury is the imbalances that, that you have, right? The imbalances that you have are going are gonna to cause poor movement patterns, which is going to lead to pain. In reality, though, you got to peel back another layer, right? Because you got to ask yourself, why do these, why are these imbalances there to begin with? And that's where, like we talked about a moment ago, that's where adjustments to just your, your daily routines, everything from sleep to, to training, you know, making sure that your training routines are healthy and balanced, making sure you're not sleeping on that shoulder um, is key. I mean, if you don't address those particular areas, then your shoulder may get better, but does it stay better? long term you know that's that's the difference that's the difference that's going to make the difference as they say um uh, yeah because i mean it's 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 just inadequate to you know to to not peel back the why because most injuries they happen what because most shoulder injuries don't have a specific event that's associated with it you know it's most injuries do not have like a fall on your shoulder or you know some some moment in time where it's suddenly you know terrible pain occurred, usually shoulder pain is gradual and comes on sneaky over time. And so with those injuries, which is 99% of all shoulder injuries, 
we got to look at the daily habits because that's what's that's the true root cause that's leading to the imbalances, which is leading to poor movement, which is leading to pain. Always peel back the layers. That's how you make sure you have a successful outcome and have a you know a long-lasting one. Uh, so that's a little bit of explanation, obviously, what we do in the clinic and how the shoulder is supposed to move. And if you guys have any questions about the shoulder, please reach out to us. We always we're wanting to do some ask me anything AMA type questions um, from you guys because there's a thousand ways that a shoulder can present. Um, so there's a lot of different things, but we can always dive into any kind of details is a very generic approach just with this podcast today. Um, as always appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we'll have another episode out, uh, about what was it? Hips. Next? Hip coming up. Hips are next. All right, yeah, guys. Looking forward we'll, to the next one. Yeah. Have a good one. See ya.